0: pod 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 rugby pod
1: hello and welcome along to the rugby pod brought to you as usual by our good friends at Guinness a big thanks to Guinness for all their support throughout the season we're still enjoying a Guinness from home at the moment uh, but we're certainly looking forward to sharing one with you at some point at a live show eventually when things do get back to normal big Jim and Goody are with me as usual how are you both doing at the moment
0: yeah, I'm, I'm buzzing this week because we're a little bit closer to being able to play golf again and get the nanny back. Well, all I'm saying is
2: I don't have a nanny, I don't play golf, I don't play tennis, and I very rarely sunbathe, so not a lot's changing for me, I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm seeing people are trying to stay positive and all that. I ain't. I'm pissed off now. Why? It's been nine weeks. It's been nine weeks, and I genuinely don't see an end in sight. That, that, that you know... We've spoken about, it's for me, I am someone who likes control. So I'm not a control freak, but I like having control of my situation. And one of my biggest faults is patience. I don't have any patience. I don't have patience with the kids. I don't have any patience when I'm in a queue. And we've all had to have patience during this lockdown, right? So this is something that actually has been a good thing in terms of me trying to find a, a consciousness, of being patient, that I've not had. So everyone has had to have that. And we're all waiting, we're all waiting. I'm not going to get political at all. I've put a few tweets out there just trying to lighten the mood a little bit. But my patience now, the little patience that I had that actually grew slightly, is it's gone. And the way that I am as a person is not suited to being locked in my house for nine weeks. I get that I've been able to go out and I've spoken about it before. I am more privileged than other people, but this is me personally. So it's important to me sitting here saying, oh yeah, I'm loving it, because I've been on the bike as much as I can go, I've been colouring in books as much as I can colour in the books with the kids, you know, I've done the <laughs> Gruffalo, I've done the Gruffalo's Child in about 15 different languages, I've done that, I've dressed up as Barbie, I've dressed up as the Gruffalo, I've dressed up as the Incredible Hulk, I've been grounding and pounding JJ on the floor and teaching him jiu-jitsu, teaching him wrestling, he's now a black belt in karate. Um, the wife's lasagna is now not happening on a Monday because we had frank discussions and we came up with this honesty thing where we could be honest with each other and I told her that she isn't a great cook uh, which didn't go down well
0: (laughs) I thought it was microwaved
2: exactly well that's my point so I've exhausted all avenues do you know what I mean like I'm lucky because I'm still doing a little bit of work so rugby pass and I love doing it because it gives me a little bit of an out I interviewed. Brian Habana last week, we showcased the 2009 second test. I love that. Love watching the game and then doing that. And actually, one thing that I did really enjoy, and I'm not much of a reader, and this is something that I'm quite happy to put out there and say, but this guy's book was put into my lap because Ruby Pass wanted to do an interview with him, they did an article with him, but Ben Mercer, his name is, and you might remember the name Mercer Goody, a guy called Guy Mercer, who we played against, I think he was at Bath in the Bat Row, but anyway, his, his brother's yeah, brought out a book. He yeah, he was a good player. Well, he's, he's brought out a book called Fringes, and it's one of the best-selling books in rugby, I think it is, the number one-selling book in rugby during lockdown, ahead of Gatlin's, ahead of Eddie Jones's. We know that Chris Ashton bought one of the worst books out probably ever to be <laughs> published called the shit splash or whatever he brought out this book mate
0: read a few extracts of it it was hilarious so actually i did an interview with him which i enjoyed why have you only read a few extracts and then you have interviewed someone why haven't you gone through with the whole hog and read the whole thing would it take too long would it a couple of weeks or
2: mate it takes i'll be honest it takes me a while to read a book i've got to be in the zone <laughs> i've got to, i've got to have patience i haven't got any at the minute i've got to have time i don't have much of it at the minute because i'm busy getting dressed up as the fairy godmother and speaking about the gruffalo's child in german the kids love that by the way and i'm too busy i'm too busy making a homemade lasagna last night that went down an absolute storm by the way and didn't even need to microwave it so uh, you'll like it goody because it's
0: all it's all about france isn't it and the and playing rugby in france and how bad it is right exactly but so you, you can compare tales can you yeah, but made, there's actually some really funny stories in there.
2: Like, there's one in there where I was literally laughing out loud so there's ones about diet and stuff like that Richard Hill was his coach at Rouen or whatever you call it absolute cowboy mate you'd have to read it to see so I'm giving him a bit of a plug there not because I need to because I actually I enjoyed
0: enjoyed parts of my week last week Goody how are you getting on anyway it's enough about me well now I've got one more question for you Jim before we before we move on to me you said you could read the Gruffalo in 15 different languages we know one of them's English we know the other one as you've just experienced there and shown us is German can you give us any of the other the 13? Uh, French go on then Je suis, je je suis fatigué encore. That's not the Gruffalo, mate. I don't know whether you know that.
2: But. <laughs> well, the kids, do, mate, the kids don't speak French, do they? The kids don't speak French. So I could say it in whatever. Um, I did it in Chinese, but you can't say that. Um, and what was the other language that I did it in? Genuinely, what was the other language that I did it in? Uh, Belgian, which is French as well. Belgique.
1: <laughs> Belgique. What does oh, Belgian lovely. sound like? It's, it's French. French.
2: Do you not
0: know that, Andy Rowe?
1: No idea. Oh, my gosh.
0: Anyway, uh, how are you, mate? Yeah, uh, I'm not too bad, actually. Uh, I think the big thing, and I hear you, Jim, you know, there's a lot of frustration around because everyone expected the lockdown to end or something like that. There's the big hope of a bit more freedom and stuff like that. But the reality of it is uh, the coronavirus, it hasn't gone away, has it? So it's sort of baby steps taking them. So that's why there is a bit of frustration, I think, today uh, around people. I'm okay because from what I'm reading... The nannies and the golf courses will be open and available to work from Wednesday, uh, which is a godsend uh, to be able to get out and play golf. But I'm I'm not one to go and play golf when the kids are around, unless there's someone to look after the kids. And it's you can't just leave the missus on her own to do it. So if I'm paying a nanny to come, and our nanny is unbelievable, I'd happily go and play golf for a couple of hours to get my own headspace. But I've, I've been asking you a lot of questions over the last week, haven't I, Jim? You have, mate, about Lycra. About Lycra, about bikes, about, you know, I just... I'll be honest. I'll be really honest. The kids. I just blame the kids in this one because we're teaching them every day different stuff. Their language is coming on. They're talking. They're descriptive. You know, they're saying things. and. Uh, Daddy belly. Daddy belly. No, 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 no. Don't preempt it, Jim, because uh, they haven't got to the belly yet. So I, I'm I'm still sucking that in. But we were talking about... Daddy now, gout.
2: Te- Daddy, te- gout. <laughs> Daddy gout.
0: Daddy te- gout. It started off as teeny tiny. Then it was, oh, this is small. Then it's medium. Then it's big. Then it's massive. And they're the kind of steps that we're taking around size. And uh, one of the first things they said when I was bent over once was, Daddy's got massive bottom. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah. So Daddy's got a massive bottom, which made me think, actually... Um, and looking into all the uh, advice around coronavirus gyms aren't opening again for a long time are they and that's where i get my limited exercise in the gym on a on a bike i can't I mean, the mean you were on a
1: roll there on, at the gym at one point weren't you i was
0: yeah i was i literally rolled on the foam roller and rolled into the pool
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> and had a sausage roll it took me a while to think of another roll there but i just got
0: one um so uh, you know I thought to myself, I need to join the bike craze. And Jim, you're an experienced cyclist. Guilty. Um, so I've been sending Jim many questions about getting a bike, hitting the roads, pounding the roads, because I can't run because my knees are fucked uh, and my ankles are fucked. So you need to offload your joints and cycling's the way forward. So I might be turning into one of those cycling norses. Uh I just can't decide how full on to go with it. So I ended up messaging Jim quite a lot, asking him millions of questions. And I've decided that I'll probably get all the gear, do it once, and then just leave it in the garage. So I've been trying to pick Jim's brains around what he wears and what he actually does with his brains around the saddle and things like that. What what do you do with your nutsack, Jim, on the saddle? Because surely with your bush there's plenty of protection there, but it gets sore as folk, doesn't it?
2: Well, it does. It depends how long you go out for. But the funniest thing is, is I'm cycling up and down the hill by where we live and there's a, a French lady, and I'm, like I mentioned before, multilingual, so I understand what she's saying. Like, bonjour, uh, c'est grand mec. like a big man. And then every time I go past, she's just she's saying, Camille, Camille. I think she thinks my name's like Camille and I took my headphones out as a cycle past before and she was saying Camel Camel and I looked down and she was right there was a horse boot <laughs> down there there was a camel
1: toe
2: I don't know what no one looks good in lycra and I used to look at people in lycra and think you look like an absolute beep and then I've gone I've gone and got it because
1: it's more comfortable and yes there is padding Hey, 1st of June, it looks like sport might be back as well. Have you guys seen that? Do you think that could affect um, or how do you think that could impact the the premiership and things like that?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, listen, the news has just come out today, hasn't it, with some more steps around how the lockdown changes and and, and what happens. But there's still contingencies in there around the R rate and everything like that. So there's a lot of water to go under the bridge before that happens. But I suppose the big thing to look at is New Zealand, Andy Rowe, and the announcement that they're – I can't say the word. What's that word, super rugby? Super Rugby Aotearoa. Yeah, that one. Aotearoa. Why don't you just call it Super Rugby New Zealand? Just well, call it it's rugby, the Maori name
1: for New Zealand. Aotearoa,
0: mate. There you go. Multilingual yeah. again. Boom. <laughs> um so, you know, there's clear signs there they're going to start in June, aren't they? Uh they're ahead of us pretty much in terms of the government advice and of, of lockdown and what can happen and and they're sort of saying you need 4 weeks going into preparation etc which I think is a around the premiership and you're hearing different stories from different clubs but if you if every club was to put a number on it in terms of the amount of weeks preparation you need to get back to full contact and ready to go most people would try and pluck out a number of four weeks in reality I mean I read something the other week last week about Richard Wigglesworth saying he, he'll go back into it tomorrow um, I think that's because he you know he wants to try and get a contract extension somewhere but you sit there and you think you know like Jim said earlier, we're in uncharted territory. No one really knows how the next phase of lockdown is going to go. But there's clear signs in New Zealand that they're ahead of the curve in, in terms of us. And they've planned to start rugby. And um, there is hope. You know, we talked about last week, didn't we? Other leagues are just canning stuff left, right and centre. The Premiership's still trying to uh, find a way. And with a bit of time, with another week and, and more results coming out around the pandemic you can see perhaps that six, eight weeks down the line, we could play some rugby again.
2: I think it's difficult to draw comparisons to New Zealand, and I'm not getting political, but you look at their rate of everything, of infections and deaths, is significantly different to us. So it's great for them, what how they went about their business before lockdown, during lockdown, the fact that they can get live sport. The thing is for me, what seeing that fixture list come out and also watching the UFC over the weekend is you don't realise... Because it's it's there all the time. It's been there all our lives. This is the first time it's ever happened where there's no live sport. You don't realize how much live sport is important to a lot of people. Like I watched the UFC uh, in the morning when I woke up, and I mean it was mental. How weird was that with no fans? Crazy. You got no fans. You got no fans. Uh, But for them as an organization to be able to put that on was unbelievable. And they've you know they did everything. And actually watch with interest the lead up to how they got an event like that in terms of the testing and for whatever reason America have got the capabilities to be able to do that um and again without going into the details it, you know you read one thing somewhere you read another thing somewhere else in terms of the testing and we're obviously a long way away from that but in order for rugby to start because it's a contact sport just as much as the UFC is and it's very different because New Zealand haven't got the cases that we've got I just don't see how, come the 1st of July, say they start testing the 1st of June, come the 1st of July, with all the logistics that are now involved in rugby anyway, with the players, with the contacts, unless you're and you you said that you can run around with a rugby ball but not touch anyone anyway, with all these things that are involved, with scrummaging, uh, with cuts, with the production teams, with the staff, with the different travel in the stadiums, I just can't, where we are now, I cannot see the season starting for a long time. I don't want to.
0: Be, I, I, I know I'm being negative, aren't I? I know I'm being negative. No, I, I understand that. I completely understand that. And um, you know, everyone's going to have these opinions. And there'll be players. We said it. I think last week as well. There'll be players that won't want to take any risk at all. There'll be players at the other end of the spectrum, where Richard Wigglesworth, for example, has said he's desperate to get out there. And uh, you know, I think if you ask the lads, we'll all crack on. I don't think that's necessarily the right. Uh, message to put across but yeah like Jim says when you look at logistics I'm by no means was I trying to compare England or the UK to New Zealand but what I am sort of saying is they're further down the track in terms of the R8 further down the track in terms of the lockdown unlocking process Um, and we can only sit and keep making these contingency plans along the way and see what more legislation comes out from the government around the lockdown and easing of it and sport is very important to people but ultimately the risk of you know, someone catching it, and and God forbid, further things happening. You know, it has to be put into perspective as well. So it, there's no right or wrong answer at the minute, but we're still learning day by day, and um, there is light at the end of the tunnel in the fact that New Zealand are giving it a crack, and maybe in July or August uh, that can start then. But you know, baby steps, and make sure all the stringent things are in process with testing, and you know, if the UFC can get fights on with blood everywhere, then. Yeah, there's got to be somewhere where we can learn from that as a rugby sport to get that into some sort of testing process for um, rugby to start up again in the in the
1: future at some point. Well, Jim, you mentioned it before and you're quite active on Twitter talking about CM McGeekin, about his proposals to or him backing proposals to make rugby a contact-free sport at the amateur level. What What, what are your thoughts? Well, I just tweeted... I love you, Geach, but dot 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 dot, and you can
2: interpret what would have come after, but as much as you want, but hey, but lol. What would come after those dots, mate? Uh, I d- I didn't even know at the time. I think it, I was thinking, Sir Ian McGeeken, I love you, mate, but I don't understand what rugby being a contact-free sport. But you can't touch each other because you're not two metres away. I know what Gitch is uh, thinking. I know what he's saying. And again, it, it... Why are you being so divisive on social media, mate? I, I'm just trying to get more followers like you. Trying to get more likes and interaction. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was my state of mind at the weekend. I mean, it was Sunday, I think. And my hopes were getting built built up Sunday. It was meant to be Thursday, but it didn't happen. It got moved to Sunday. And I was at that point where it was happening. So I took it out on Gitch. I didn't. I understand you know we, we're trying to publish articles and people have got different ideas they're thrown around and you know Geech has got a great standing in the game but you know just what i read it was just i think it was maybe a throwaway comment i don't know maybe um it was published because there's nothing else to write i think sir ian i need to keep saying sir ian because when i was with itv i kept calling him sir ian but i was just calling clive clive i thought you called him cliff i did call him cliff yeah once (laughs) oh gosh mate you didn't see the funny side
0: uh cliff cliff woodward you you just stand there i'm with sir ian
2: (laughs) yeah so look mine was the throwaway comment as well really i get what geach is saying he wants there to be some kind of interaction when sport can go back rugby's one of like it's not like football where you know Pass and move, pass and move, pass to me, and I'll chip it over your head and flick it around your back and score in the top right-hand corner. You can have a bit of social distancing. I think we're all trying to work out. We've mentioned tennis. Goody's going to be hitting the golf courses. Pablo's coming back. And, you know, these are things you can do. Rugby, it is impossible, absolutely impossible, to have any social distancing. So fair play, Geech, But look, don't listen to me. You can listen to Geech if you want. I'll tell you what, if it does come back, and we're allowed to do that, we're allowed to have a th- uh, throw the ball around. I'd love to take JJ and his mates, one mate, Bill, and uh, have a pass around. Do you know what I mean? It'd be lovely. But rugby, unfortunately, and this is why I keep going back, I don't want to be negative, but this is the big, big one, is the amount of distance that is clearly very close when you play a contact sport. It's going to be the difficult one. So, Geech, no hard feelings. I do love you, and hopefully we will be together very soon. Sir Ian and Sir Jim.
1: And there's also the talk about getting rid of scrums as well. Was it... That- same thoughts on that jim mate
2: yeah yeah same thoughts i don't even feel like i shouldn't have even tweeted it because i mean to the millions of people engagement i'm not i'm not being horrible but you don't want my opinion on it this whole thing i I just i can't say too much mate you can't take away scrums we did an article on julian white how hard was he by the way oh yes (laughs) my goodness me um mate there ain't no handbags there mate bought well, there's an handbag with a couple of bricks in there maybe um <laughs> and a couple of snooker balls as well but mate you can't can't take away scrums i don't care call it a different game you can't call it rugby with no scrums
1: well speaking of the changes that could be made to the game i caught up with the olympic winning sevens coach ben ryan for our superfan subscription service at patreon.com recently here's a quick clip of that now what laws could you change to get to that point?
3: Look, I know they're trying to do what they're trying to do around the breakdown and, and, and tidy that up. And we'll see how their framework and the guidelines that that, that breakdown group have, have put together. I'm sure it's enough. I don't think it's going gonna, it's gonna to create enough opportunity elsewhere in the field. But that's one area. The breakdown is, is a huge area. I think the scrum is another area. Where we're spending too much time resetting, and it's not only about the resetting, but it's also then about how much time everyone else is getting to then become more power athlete based. Uh, so I think we do need to look at the uh, look at look at the scrum and just see whether it's actually it's becoming less and less of uh, something that perhaps we should have in the game as as a central central focus. Maybe we can depower it a little bit, still, still allow competition. Um, and so I don't have all the answers for all of this, but I certainly think if, if we get break breakdown and set piece closer towards allowing continuity better and allow more people to be on their feet and not allowing you just to win the game, win a, win a ruck with blunt force tourner by piling in and sideways, getting people, clattering people off the feet and, and to, to win the ball and become a bit more skillful around that, then we're going to have the ball in play a little bit longer, I'd hope.
1: Just head to patreon.com forward slash Pod to sign up if you like the sound of that. And um, We couldn't do all the extra content without you, so a massive thanks for your support if you've signed up already. Well, it's about time we've got a guest on, and we've got a big one this week. Fiji International and soon-to-be Leicester Tiger, Namani Nadolo joins us. How are you, mate?
4: Yeah, good, boys. How are you?
1: Yeah, we're not bad. We're not bad, buddy. Um,
0: How's lockdown treating you? Because you're in France, um, and apparently it's raining down in Montpellier today, which isn't great. The sun is shining in England, and I'm sure Leicester is beaming with sunshine as well. But how's lockdown treating you? I know the missus is pregnant as well, so uh, big changes in your household right now.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, We just came out of lockdown um, today, so but um, you know, work-wise, we can't go. We, as a club, we can't go to work till the end of end of the month, so. Effectively, uh, you know, I'm, I'm finished here with Montpellier, but, um, yeah, wife is pregnant, you know, where, uh, she's due in, in, in a few weeks now. And, and, uh, we've got the house, you know, nearly packed up as well. So there's a lot going on down here and, you know, exciting times ahead. And, um, just trying to be positive.
2: Yeah definitely mate. Uh, Noali, let's just talk about your time at Montpellier. I was there for a season um just just before you arrived actually. I don't know if you've seen my pictures on the walls of greats that are that are out there. I think we made the final <laughs> under Fabian Gautier. Uh but look, let's be frank. You've gone to Montpellier, you've had a, a fantastic career there. A bit of a cult hero amongst the ranks as well. But, a lot of players struggle when they go to France, but you you seem to be a player that's actually thrived in that environment. J- just give us a kind of outline of your time at Montpellier.
4: Yeah, no, I, I arrived 2016, and um, you know, as you know, over here in France, it, it's it's a tough sort of um, oh, good, you'll know as well. It's a tough sort of competition to to make. You know, it's it's um, it's, it's tough, it's physical, it's you know, and a lot of players from Southern Hemisphere um, tend to struggle a bit. I find anyway. Um, for me, I think, you know, being a winger, you know, you can, it's, it's probably not as hard to adapt, I think. And I've just, you know, just taken my opportunities as a come, really. I really enjoyed it. You know, we went, got to the finals at one stage there and, and did, and, and, lost. But, um, yeah, I mean, besides the weather and, and, um, you know, the food down here is, uh, I really enjoyed my time here and, um, I had another year to go. Um, you know, it didn't work out, but, um, just grateful that, you know, Lester come knocking and, um, yeah, it's uh it's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I think one of the issues that Jim found in Montpellier was the physicality. He just didn't like it when you were down there, eh, hey, Jim? But um <laughs> uh Nemsie, let's uh, let's chat about the Leicester move then, because um you just mentioned it then. Leicester have come through and um you know, everyone at the club is exceptionally excited to see you play in the premiership. I'm sure all the Leicester players are excited to see you on a on a match day. Maybe not so much tackling technique on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, but I can't wait to see people get blasted out of the way when you've got ball in hand. How did the move come about? Um, and did Lottie Takiri, who I believe is your cousin, did he have a little word in Jordan's ear as well to get you to, um, you know, help the process along?
4: Yeah. Um, so, you know, the story was, you know, uh, I was struggling a bit here in, in, um, in Montpellier and um, or the season, just, you know, with, uh, with the way, the direction that they were heading and obviously going, you know, the, they were going with a lot of young French guys and, you know, they want to bring, uh, the, I think at the time they just bought a few other French guys coming in this season that were wingers. And, um, you know, I, I just reached out to Lottie, had a conversation with Lottie and, uh, just asked him, I said, there's only opportunity. Um, I don't know how Leicester came about, but he he said, oh, he, he said that he'd mentioned, um, his friends with Geordie Murphy, who he played with down there. Yeah, he just said, listen, I'll I'll throw a text and uh, see what happens. And he actually texted him, and then I think Geordie got back to him pretty quickly, and then it just started from there. And then before you know it, I was talking to Geordie, and even then, the conversation was, you know, because I still had another year left, you know, it's it's, as you know, it's kind of hard to try and get out of another year, you know, your last year here in France, as it's uh, hard to get a release, but uh, I was fortunate enough, and uh, just, yeah, just just a snowball effect from there, and um, it all started with the text, and then and for now I was uh, signing with I signed with the
0: Tigers. And how long have you um gone in terms of down the line with looking at properties and stuff like that because um a little bit of a plug here I've got a house for sale in Newtown Limford which is a beautiful village just outside Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> that, that backs onto Bradgate Park. If you want it mate, I can cut you a deal, you know. Let, let's chat numbers off air. Yeah, no, I just—that's uh <laughs> That's an offer. That's a that... yeah, yeah, a million pounds. Done. We'll, we'll take it. <laughs> well, we,
4: we've got our house here, mate. So we we've just try to sell this one, and then moving over there is going to be pretty cool. And you know, the the weather is probably the only thing that I'm sort of worried about. I don't really get up for for you know when it's raining, so it's going to be tough. But I'm I'm sure I'll uh, I'll, I'll sort something out.
2: Yeah, that'll be, that'll be a big culture shot for you. But, you know, Leicester Tigers, let, let's be honest, recent years they've struggled, but they've got a history of, of players that have come from the Southern, Southern Hemisphere. You know, the two being one, um, being one, being about five or six of them. But, uh, you know, Aaron Majors another one. I'm going to miss, you know, Scott Hamilton who played for New Zealand on the wing. I'm going to miss a load of people. Pat Howard from Australia. Sarah Rambini. Sarah Rambini, of course, was going to be my final one, the late Sarah Rambini as well, who, you know, these players have been absolutely phenomenal for Leicester. Why was Leicester a club that interested you um, and this isn't me going around the fact that they have struggled they're, they're a huge you know the bi- biggest club in the world arguably even still with everything that's happened there but what was it about Leicester that appealed to you?
4: Well I, it all started again like I said with Lottie um, you know we had a conversation and you know he's probably one guy that's uh, been a mentor of mine throughout most of my career you know he just spoke highly of how the club is you know he spoke the, the, the history you know how it's pretty family orientated and, and they you know they breed uh, breathe rugby down there and but not only that you know growing up on the southern, in the southern hemisphere Le- Leicester were one of those clubs that you'd always hear about and um you know so that that that, that itself interest, interested me and then I got on the phone to Geordie and and um you know he spoke about the direction they're trying to head to and look they're struggling at the moment they were I think they haven't done too well the last few seasons and but with what they were what he was saying and you know the direction like like the direction they're heading um it was really appealing and you know, great opportunity for me to get over there, and you know, I'm not I'm not 22. I'm 32. I'm going over there, you know, probably sort of the um, other side of my career. But it's exciting. Um, it's a challenge for me, and you know, that's um, you know, it's probably a good thing, I guess, going over there now and just with the challenge that lays ahead. Um, I think that's what really appealed to me. And I went over there and checked it out, um, checked out um, the setup, and you know, they've got a, a bloody hell. They've got a nice stadium there in Welford Road, and you know, it's a pretty big stadium and uh, I found out that, you know, they're one of the clubs that that get 20,000 through the gate every now and again. So, um you know, and it also too, it reminded me of a club that I used to play for down in, in New Zealand. You know, it's similar sort of, you know, characteristics that they had. And yeah, no, it was just, it was a no-brainer when they were keen to, to sign me.
2: And you mentioned your age, 32, but we also did a, a feature on you for Rugby Pass, and we followed you, well, I wasn't there, but the, the guys were obviously there, followed you around the gym and stuff like that, and you spoke about the training habits and the nutrition because I think naturally, I think your natural weight would be about 30 stone, I think you said, something like that. So h- how much goes goes into your training? Because a lot of lads, especially on the wing, um, will talk about speed and we will talk about the kind of power output, so I'm sure the natural attributes you have is around power but how much of a focus goes into your training being the kind of natural size that you are and being uh, 32 in your prime i'd say
4: yeah um it's funny you say that because like uh you know right now the see like i've, I've got sort of two months that i'm on here on my own here in france uh, before i head over so you know the, the biggest thing for me now being a different competition uh with the premiership but you know you find it's, it's a lot quicker not as you know slow and physical as it is over in top 14 so for that I've got a you know the onus for me in the next two months is to drop the weight um and and you know get to a plane where I can sort of you know but keep my keep my power um I haven't done too much weights lately but for me it's just making sure that um you know I'm doing a lot of the cardio stuff so that uh you know the weight can come down but for me my my biggest my biggest um you know, concentrate, con- what I'm concentrating on now is just bringing the weight right down and, and trying to get to a lean, uh, leaner weight as a, you know, so that when I get over there, um, you know, I'll be able to handle the, um, you know, the speed and, and the load of, of a premiership.
2: And what is the fighting weight?
4: Um, at the moment, I'm at 137 kilograms. <laughs> Mate, it's, yeah, I've come down from 142. So, uh, yeah, a bit of weight then. The plan is to come down, got another 10 to go, if I can get down to 127.
0: Oh, my word. Your man. <laughs> yeah.
4: That's no lie. Like, a lot of the guys try and hide their weight. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to hide my weight. I'm going to tell them
0: what it is. Good, man. Good, man. And,
4: yeah, so two months ago, I think before the season finished, it was about 142.7. Um, <sighs> and then uh, played my last game. So, yeah, I actually played all right that game. And then... Um, yeah, so I've just been working hard now to get the the weight down one hundred and thirty seven point five yesterday morning point four and um you know I've got another ten to go and then uh, you know hopefully will be that'll be enough to sort of and and then i will still got season when I get over there, so um that'll definitely set me up and hopefully I'll be ready to go for them, the apprenticeship starts.
0: Mate, do not worry about your weight, mate. Just get in the, over in the premiership and start barreling some boys everywhere. <laughs> um, mate, I never cared about my weight, but I wasn't that heavy, to be honest. But hey, uh, I could do with losing 10 kilos, so maybe I'll join your training part. Uh, talking about training programs, I've seen you running around your, your garden with your dogs. Now, they are two beasts of dogs as well. But um, you're good mates with Jordan Talfour as well, perhaps from your time back at the Crusaders. And talk about training regimes and cardio. Have you been watching his TikTok, all his dance moves? It's just ridiculous. That's a bit of you as well, isn't it, Nemzi?
4: Oh I did one or two videos with my wife and I said, Look, I'm never doing this again
1: <laughs>
4: He's actually he's he's actually become a celebrity. Well, he already was, but he's actually become a celebrity in New Zealand after all those TikTok videos. So he's uh you won't be seeing me doing that with them, that's for sure.
0: <laughs>
4: no, it's uh, it's good yeah, it's good to be joining uh Geordie over there and we've been in close contact lately anyway.
0: I mean, he's, he's gone exceptionally well when he's been fit. Um, I remember in Berlin, Was it Stuart Hoggy barreled straight over for one of his tries? Um, but how, how how excited are you to be playing again with him, but also when well, you've got Manu Tuolangi in the centres and George Ford as well? They're going to give you so much quality ball, hopefully, where you can just create space, make space and score tries, eh?
4: Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, you just see how Manu goes for England and, you know, you've got Ford there as well. And Ben Young's at nine, so it's formidable, uh, you know, nine to 13 um look I, I can't wait to, to adapt and, and play outside Manu given the opportunity Manu's obviously world-class plus thirteen he's he's come good you know this last few seasons and and has really shown his class and um yeah look with what he does is i just have to run run off him and, and hopefully uh screw a few tries but uh look he's I, I i the excitement what excites me is the back line that they're trying to build and and the team they got they're trying to build over there and um, you know, they've had to let go of a lot of players, which is, uh, yeah, for some reason I'm copying a lot of sticks, which is, yeah, I don't get it. But, uh, yeah, um, it's exciting. I think it's going to be, um, pretty good. Hopefully, you know, when they're not involved with England, um, they'll come back and, and join the Tigers and we can, you know, win a few games, go better than last year for sure.
2: You mentioned scoring tries there, 53 tries in 70 games. So you had a massive success out in Montpellier, and I think the, I think you mentioned it there. The challenge and the ambition is is to kind of replicate that kind of form playing for Leicester with that kind of backline. If you look at Northampton, for example, just up the road, and you'll probably learn more about them as you get to Leicester. What what a big game that is there against them every time. But Fijian-born winger, the Naivoro carving up there, he's been phenomenal in the Premiership. He's got a bit of a, a cult following now in Northampton. Apparently, gets to eat in the all you. Can Eat chinese which is the only restaurant in northampton as well but how much have you been watching him in terms of not basing your game but there are a lot of similar similarities there apart from he doesn't kick much
4: mate it's funny you say that because i'm actually really good friends with tingele so uh <laughs> we've been in close contact and um you know during this this lockdown and, and i've been asking him a lot of questions about the premiership and stuff and you know he's a similar situation he came over uh, a bit overweight. I think mean, he, he was telling me he, can't, he went over that 135 and um, they got him down for 123. So that's <laughs> from <no, laughs> where we get the slate from. But um, <laughs> yeah, he um, he's made he's actually killed it, hey? I think it, this is the fittest he's ever been, even when he was at um, super rugby level. You know, and they say super rugby, yeah, it's more quicker, but he's actually um, terrorized, uh, you know, the guys that he plays against. Um, when I went to Leicester um, three, four months ago, all they kept talking about was him. And and they kept saying because it's a big rivalry. So they gave me a bit of the history. And, you know, uh, I found out Northampton's 30, 30 miles or 30 minutes away from, from Leicester. So, yeah, so, mate, it's it's definitely exciting. Um, you know, hopefully we'll... Uh, I've played against him before. Um, so, you know, hopefully we... Uh, it'll be exciting. I think I can't wait. You know, give him the opportunity. It uh, should be good. And um, we're
0: lucky to have him. Yeah, he's played awesome. Um, but a question from me then on that, when you come up against Northampton for Leicester, are you going to want to face off against him or are you going to be on the other wing and go, actually, let's, uh, let's have a bit of mate's time and you go against your winger, I'll go against mine? Because I think everyone would want to see you two go up against each other, winger on winger, facing off and, and just running straight at each other. It'd be some collision.
4: No, look, I'd love to play against him. It's always, you, know, you always want to play against the best and you know, unfortunately he's he's a big boy as well. And Look, we, we play opposite. Uh, we play no, we actually we play same sides. Um, He's a left, I'm a left, so we might have to, you know, change it up. No, look, if, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, uh, well, uh, we'll see each other on the field somewhere anyway.
2: So Namani, just before you go as well, it'd be great to um, have a few lines on, on Fiji and the Pacific Island nations. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk over recent weeks with World Rugby as well, but what are your thoughts on Fiji and kind of where their standing is now in World Rugby? Yeah,
4: it's pretty disappointing um, what's come out and stuff. You know, the news, probably not the, the most positive news to have. and It's it, it's a tough one, really. You know, hopefully the, they they get, you know, the their office sorted out upstairs and, they actually get the right people for the job and don't get me wrong you know the fijis actually been traveling well they've just signed a new coach and they're ready to go and um you know they they've been doing well up until now but um, it's just disappointing to see uh, to hear the news of what's happening so look hopefully um you know they get that that in order and, and get the right people in the job and you know because we are a we are a, a mad rugby loving nation and um, you know it's just disappointing to hear uh, and read about you know what's coming out of the island
0: and just going on your experience as well i know you it was great to see you at the 2015 world cup at twickenham and um you know, playing for fiji then but you retired just before the 2019 world cup from international rugby as well didn't you how tough a decision was that and what was that kind of based around
4: that was, that was probably one of the toughest decisions i have probably had you know in my career or in life in general at the time you know i wasn't mentally
0: you know
4: i wasn't mentally stable i was you know, had big injuries and and just wasn't right. And um, you know, I always said to myself that if I wasn't a hundred percent, I'm not the sort of person to take something at a hundred. If I'm not hundred percent, and and at the time, I just you know, my body wasn't good, my my mind wasn't good mentally, and so I struggled a bit then in a you know for about twelve months there, thirteen months. I didn't tell anyone, just you know, just I had my loved ones around me and supported me, and so that was probably the biggest thing. And I just knew that if I had to, if I went on this tour. at, in that state, I, I wouldn't be 100%, you know. and I, For me, if I can't give 100%, there's no point in me doing it. And that's the hardest decision i ever made. But it was the best because from then on in, things started changing and, um, you know, everything started um, getting better there for me. And, um, you know, here I am now
0: mate really appreciate your honesty then and hopefully that will reber- reverberate around the world um for people to be able to put their hands up if they're in you know struggling a bit so appreciate your honesty there bud
4: thanks mate for now, i appreciate it mate it's there to be told and um you know i, I don't really say too much unless i get asked. so a lot of things have been said about me as well you know when it happened everyone was especially out of fiji and you know back home that i i took the money and there was there was a you know i, I retired because of the money and, and whatnot but Look, I'd already signed. I, I mean, the thing is, I had already signed a contract before then. So it was you know, my mental state at the time. And you know, some things are far more important than rugby at the end of the day.
0: Well, good luck with uh, the newborn. Uh, mate, get you sleep in, in the meantime and uh, enjoy your move over to Leicester. I'll, I'll wait for that million pound to land in my bank account at some point for the house.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks, boys. Cheers, mate. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, bud. Good lad. Top bloke top I mean I mean he's he's massive um, what about his honesty in there a couple of things obviously talking about his mental health and everything how he's in a wasn't in a great place uh, around the 2019 World Cup and set the record straight there but what about his honesty around his weight what a man mountain
2: imagine holding a bag which I wouldn't have normally <laughs> have done but you're holding a bag and that was the thing as a, as a rugby player so if you've got someone that's fast and powerful and you can't go low when you're holding these bags against them Imagine him running full tilt as you're holding a bag. My goodness. But, Goody, I'll just hear what you say. I know you told him there. I think, uh, you know, someone that big and that strong and being that candid, I think, is brilliant. So, And I think that also shows with Leicester is the fact that he's leaving Montpellier with a year left on his contract. I don't imagine Leicester are going to be paying him up to what they're paying him at Montpellier. I think I'm right in saying that he's a, he's been a superstar out there for them. So yeah, he, he obviously wants to go to Leicester. So and he's motivated to go. And I think that what he said at the end, if he's 100% not in, then he's not going to be in. So it seems like he's all in. He's on the watt bike. I've seen him training. You know, leaving Montpellier and the lifestyle behind. And we've spoken about it before. The opportunity you get if you did decide to retire out there, he could go down to Pro League to get a load of money, and then he'd get the shamage for two years and could just sail sail off into the sunset at 180 kgs. Instead, he's <laughs> instead he's going to Leicester. He's going to Leicester to. I mean, and they mean business this year. I was chatting to uh, Deeks. He was telling me about the impact that that Borther's will have and how hard he's pushing the players and the coaches now to be accountable. Mate, I'll tell you now, if if Borthos can get it right and the signings that they've got can get it right, Leicester are going to be back in business, I reckon.
0: Yeah, they certainly will. And imagine, that's why I tried to ask him, imagine Tuolangi. Who are you defending there? Who are you choosing to tackle if you've got to pick someone? Nandolo or Tuolangi?
2: Whoever goes on the other wing.
0: <laughs> Either way, if you're defending on that outside centre channel, you just shout in your man and just drift off or just blitz in on the 12 because um, you wouldn't fancy that, would you?
2: Mate, you'd rather get sat down by the baby rhino, wouldn't you? Who's <laughs> probably the smallest out of all of them who'd probably sit you down.
1: <laughs> oh, great to have him on, though. There are reports uh, that the marquee player rule in the Premiership is set to be scrapped, guys. Um, but that can't happen straight away, can it?
0: No, it can't. Uh, you can't just change it at a whim Uh, and there's been reports in the press about changing the salary cap, reducing the salary cap. I wrote a piece on it for rugby pass and it does make sense that for the longevity and the sustainability of the game, changes are going to have to be made. But um, just a little insight really, because to change the salary cap for the following season Clubs, normally, you'd, you'd expect they all have to unanimously agree it, but if it's pre-October for the season after the way the salary cap rules are written, and yes, I have read a lot of them because of the Saracen saga, uh, but pre-October for the following season, the clubs just need a majority, so it doesn't have to be unanimous. So someone could put a uh, a vote out around this, uh, one club could put, put it forward, and they'd only need themselves plus six other clubs to get a majority, because a majority of 13, James, is what? seven well done James well done James Boom. Um, yes so yeah listen there's gonna have to be some sort of change we've talked about it on here before so we don't want to rake up our ground a little bit but in reality um, there's a few things around the salary cap that are going on Um, and the big one really is what's going to happen when the season starts again so we're hearing from clubs that we've spoken to Nemanja Ndolo he's coming over to Leicester pretty soon Uh, a lot of the player contracts are uh, up on the 30th of June and we're seeing players leave clubs go to other clubs you know we've spoken on here about Carl Sinclair we've spoken about a Will Spencer who's leaving Leicester Um, you look at Bristol they've got Semi Andrandra coming in his contract starts 1st of July a lot of these players will arrive as planned and the clubs have to adhere to the salary cap for to finish this season they have to adhere to the salary cap from last season if that makes sense so they're planning that they're doing now, if they've got someone like, take a Richard Wigglesworth, for example, who's out of contract and and perhaps Saracens doesn't really apply because they don't stick to a salary cap, but he's out of contract on the 30th of June. If Saracens want to extend his contract, they have to fit his extension into uh, the salary cap for next season as well. So it's quite convoluted and quite confusing, but what we are going to see if this Premiership season does start again, is Carl Sinclair running out in a Bristol shirt, potentially against Harlequins, even though we're still in this season where he started as a Harlequins player. Semi Randrander will play, Namani Nandolo will play for Leicester. And as of the 1st of July, it will be the squad that you have prepared for, for next season, that could restart the Premiership in July or August. So it's, yeah, it's intriguing. There's a lot that needs to come out in the press for that, uh, but that's what the clubs are adhering to.
1: And Umbro have been unveiled as England's new kit supplier, guys. Calm down, calm down, geez, Calm down. That's me
2: being a bit like... Just picture this. Me with a mullet and a skin-tight T-shirt. I don't know why. Goody, not you, mate. Uh, skinny jeans. Compass. You can't wear a mullet either. No, no. Sons have sorted it, mate. Sons have sorted it. Mate, I, like, mate, I love them, bro. Mate, I like football, though, don't I? And that's obviously their heritage. So I'm all for it. I'm all for it, mate. Goody, inside knowledge again. Speaks to the agent, speaks to the clubs. Lots of good mates in, in rugby. He's revealed and he almost peeled back, peeled back. The fact that you said it was a training kit or people would message it was training. Mate, that's the kit. I'm telling you now, that picture that you tweeted that leaked out, that is the next England rugby kit and
0: I absolutely love it well you're saying that as a Scotsman but I think listen it's quite interesting isn't it and social media is really interesting Um, you know I put that picture out that got leaked of Sam Underhill and Curry uh, with what is clearly a training shirt you know white and grey with you know it's all sort of specs it reminded me of one of the Liverpool shirts from back in the day actually but yeah listen I then wrote a column on it and Reading some of the comments that I got back on social media saying it's a disgrace, it's a football kit. I'm like, we didn't even know what it was. I just I asked the question, what do people think of the deal between England Rugby and Umbro? Um, and now I then read a load of those comments and wrote a column on it for Rugby Pass. And the column uh, is all about the fact that in reality, it's a very shrewd financial move by. Uh, England rugby because they did this deal months and months and months ago if they were actually negotiating the deal now would it look the same would it be five million quid over uh, each year for four years I doubt it because of the state we're in now as a as a as a world with the pandemic that's going on and you sit there and people go oh it's a football jersey it's you know it's a football brand and all this stuff if you actually go back into the heritage and the roots of rugby they actually made a lot of rugby shirts did umbro back in the day Uh, I believe they made an England shirt I believe they made a British Lions shirt um so there's a a lot of roots within the game from umbro from yesteryear and all of a sudden with social media people jump on the bandwagon and go it's a disgrace they made everton's kit or whatever it's going to be a very successful partnership and um you know umbro are a, a brand that are backing themselves into rugby um and investing a lot of money so let's get behind it and i'm sure we'll see some lovely england shirts that are mainly white
2: it's coming home it's coming home it's coming! Ambrose um, coming! I'm Giza. Are right, you guys up for another quarantine quiz? Oh, oh yes. Yeah, of course, yes. mate. I, re- I really enjoyed last week, actually, to be fair. My favourite week. And I, bu- I, bu- well, I blew my own mind. Ivory Coast, eh? There you go. In the Rugby World Cup in 95 or whatever it was.
1: This week, it's again a mixture of rugby and general knowledge and it's the best of five. Another 100 quid is going to be donated to the NHS by whoever loses. You guys, you guys ready for this? Oh, yes, oh, let's yes. go.
0: What's the score? Four, what, what is it
1: now? 4-2? Four, 4-2. Two?
2: Four, two. Is there general knowledge in this as well? It isn't all rugby, no? A little
1: bit, yeah. Yeah, it's a mixture. Okay, cool. Who is the British and Irish Lions all-time top point scorer in tests? Wow. In tests.
0: Jim, you got, you got a guess for us? I would let you go first, because you're
2: winning 4-2. I don't think it's someone current. No, it'd be old school, won't it? Yeah. I'm going to throw someone random out there. Gavin Hastings.
0: Correct. Hold on. I was going first. I thought I was going first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is it Gavin Hastings? It is Gavin Hastings. Wow. Well who, have would it, have thought, who would wow. have thought
2: a Scotsman would pick another Scotsman and we together have done it. <laughs> Amazing. You can have it. Good you can have it,
0: Jim. Ra- That's awesome. That is a great answer.
2: I, w- I was going to go him, I was going to go, there's another guy, there's a try scorer called Ro- O'Reilly, or so- an Irish guy or something. Okay, mate, are you Googling this? You're obviously Googling no, no. this. Look at you. I swear to God, well, well, no, 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 I'll tell you why, because at Rugby Pass we've, we've, we've got um, rights to some of the old games, so the 97, 97 Lions Tour, the 2009, and then off the back of that I just saw some stuff, mate, I am... If I lose it, I ain't bothered because I got like, that question. A, that,
0: that is a great answer. Literally, the only Scotsman to ever play for the Lions as well. So, um,
1: well done to Big Gav. General knowledge this time, which is the longest river in the UK? Goody. Go on, Goody. Uh, the River Seven.
2: Yes.
0: Yes. Thank you very much. Yeah.
2: I, I knew that one as well. That's local to it. The River Seven goes through Wales, isn't
1: it? As well. Question number three. Back to rugby. Which Englishman won Six Nations Player of the Tournament in
0: 2014?
1: 2014. Gosh. It's not
0: favouring my side, is it? Goody. Billy Vinopola? Eh, Wrong. No. Come on, Jim. Just guess. It's 2014. So I'm thinking
2: about the World Cup and the lead up to that. Chris Ashton. Eh. Wrong.
0: Are we We're allowed to keep guessing? Yeah, yeah. Goody. Go on, Goody. Owen Farrell. Eh. Jim. Go ben on, Youngs. Jim. Incorrect. Goody. It can't be, but Mike Brown. Correct. Oh, <laughs> no really?
2: word of a lie.
0: No word of a lie. I
2: was going to say him very first time. I'll tell you now I was going to say him.
0: Yeah, lucky, mate.
2: I uh, should have said it, mate. I should have said it. should have said it.
0: Go with your gut, Jim. That's what
1: I do. Mate, Mine's I, massive. I haven't got one. Mine though. Is I ain't got one. <laughs> All right. Question number four. Name two of the three countries due to be joint hosts of the 2026 Football World Cup.
0: 2026. What's Jim Googling there? 2026 Football World Cup. What do you mean, Google? You keep saying Google. I'm not. You keep looking down as well. Where's Qatar? No, hold on. Let me work through this. Qatar's 2022. It was somewhere else weird. Goody.
2: I've got go on, Jim. Jim. Okay.
0: USA's won now. Mexico. USA and Mexico.
1: Correct. Fucking get in there. Canada as well. Is it Canada? Canada, Mexico, and USA. Do they even play football? Uh, that's a victory for Goody. 3 1. Uh, what was the next question anyway, just so we can see? The final question. In what year did Channel 5 launch in the UK? Go on then, Jim. You, you go first. Closest wins. Nineteen? No, no. I'm going to go.
0: Yeah, nineteen ninety nine. No, it's before then. Oh, no, it's about ninety five, ninety five, nah. ninety. Oh, yeah,
1: it's closest, closest wins, isn't it? Ninety seven. Correct. So it's a draw. Um, you're both two years away, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, draw. Not, yeah. 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 Anyway, I want Goody yeah. takes it. That's a hundred quid for you, Jim, towards the
2: NHS. I'm well, gutted, mate. I'm gutted because I, I had. I was going to say Mike Brown, and then I don't know why I peeled back. But anyway. It's not about me. It's about him.
1: Well, the next feature is about you, mate. Do you want to intro it again? You love introing it.
2: Yeah. Off the back of that quiz there, as you know, Jim just solves it. And this feature is called Jim will solve it. Get it? You get it? Jim will solve it. Anyway, if you don't get it, riddle me this, riddle me that. Jim will solve it.
1: A person is sentenced to death and they have to choose between three rooms. The first is full of fire. The second is filled with killers with guns and axes. And the third is filled with lions that haven't eaten for a year. Which room is the safest?
2: Right. So let me just read it out again. So a person is sentenced to death and they have to choose between three rooms. The first is a room full of fire. The second is a room filled with killers and guns and axes. And the third is filled with lions that haven't eaten for a year. Which room is the safest? Well, oh, I mean, none of them. You wouldn't choose to go in any of them, would you? Do you know it already, Goody? Yeah. How, that, mate, ow, ow. Are you in on these or not? No, I'm not. It's, it's common sense when you think about it. It's quite an obvious one. Oh, is it? Okay, so a person is sentenced <laughs> to death and they have to choose between three rooms. The first is it's full of fire. This, well, you ain't going to go in the one with fire, are you? Because you're going to burn. Right. The second is filled with killers, with guns and axes. All right. Well, you ain't going to go in there either, are you? The third is filled with lions that haven't eaten. So they're going to be starving. So literally, as soon as you walk through that door, they're taking a leg. Right. <laughs> right. Think about your words, Jim. So they're going to take your leg, aren't they? So which room is the safest?
0: What, what was the statement you made before that? What are the lions going to be? The lions haven't eaten. They're going to be hungry. But what was the word you used? Starving.
1: And wh- why, why are they going to be Starving.
2: Because they haven't eaten for a year.
1: Okay. What's the
2: definition of starving? What do you mean the definition?
1: <laughs> What's the definition of
2: starving? It's a... That you're hungry and you need to eat. H- how would you feel if you didn't eat for a year? Like I'd eat a bloke who'd just come in a room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's the definition of starving, Jim? Well, I don't know. I've not got Google. Have I like you on the quiz? I have not, not on the quiz, no. Um,
2: if you didn't eat for a year... What would happen if Goo didn't eat for a year? He'd be fine. He'd survive two years. <laughs> if I didn't eat, if I didn't eat for a year, mate, I'd be dead. Right. So we need to know how long lions can live without eating, and how long do you reckon that is? Well, if they're the size of you, mate, they, they could live ten years. <laughs> so there needs to be more detail. There needs to be more detail in these questions. The lions should be. The lions are like you, Jim. Lean, mean, and basically primed. Or you've got the ones that look like Goody that would live 10 years. It's the lions, obviously, because they they wouldn't be around. So it should say that the dead lion's in the room then. Because I'm thinking, you walk into a room, you're thinking lions. So anyway, I've just solved it. Riddle me this, riddle me that. Lions
0: haven't eaten for a year, so they're dead. (laughs) back, Jim, I wish I could say that was very sagacious of you. But um, unfortunately so you are sagacious or you're not sagacious uh, what's that is that a cigar <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean that means you're very wise jim you're becoming very wise very sagacious Hey, a wise man once told me
1: we learn something every day rumor mill you guys got any rumors floating around at the moment i saw one today go on it was a big one as well just before we came on to do the podcast
2: so i've not done enough digging and there's been a couple of reports i think it was John Mitchell that mentioned about Marrow and Mako staying at Saracens, but then I saw something about Marrow to Leicester. No, I can't. I'm, I'm I, genuinely. I'm not. I'm not throwing. Um, I'm not throwing a, a deadline among, amongst the pigeons here. It's. Um, I genuinely. I genuinely saw it. So I'm going to do a bit more digging on that. Oh, I just. The more and more I think about it, and I'm sure Goody's got something to say on Saracen soon because we've avoided a couple of topics recently. I just. I can't see how, they, how the champ how that's going to go down and someone like Mauro Otoji is going to play in the championship I know they're going to put on some exhibition games imagine if he went to Leicester after everything we've just spoken about anyway it's just I'm not throwing it out there to cause a stir I have seen
0: it somewhere and I will dig because I've got time to dig interesting one that though wouldn't it be uh, talking about Leicester one of our favourite names may end up at Leicester if the rumours are true My Pimpy <laughs> my ma <laughs> pimpy no way i have heard that rumour. yeah uh ma pimpy going to leicester maybe ma pimpy well that mate, that they're my team then if, if if
2: this i mean even if mara doesn't go leicester will be my team again soon i think you,
0: you're disowning saracens completely now are you no just, just distancing mate social distancing see what i've done there someone else at oh, all social distance from saracens as well perhaps little rumor that alex good maybe heading off to the land of the rising sun japan following freddie burns and a few of the boys over there yep. george cruz your nemesis chip sorry not nemesis you're the the player that you used to do the training for um he's going over there isn't he cbd 45 i
2: don't know whether it's confirmed or not yet but um yeah everything is pointing towards the south japan south right was it just across who knows who knows yeah it's south underneath the equator isn't it he doesn't yeah, even yes, know I is. do. Yes, yes it, it is. I'll tell it you, is. mate. Mate. I'm,
0: mate, I'm letting you answer your own question, Jim. Mate, of course, we're not as stupid as you, Jim.
2: <laughs> like, no, 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 mate. Common <laughs> common sense, mate. I've got all that. General knowledge, I've got that. I just don't know who was a
0: 2014 Six Nations <laughs> Player of the Year. Uh, and the last one, talking about Japan, which uh is the land of the rising sun, Jim. Uh What about Johan Ackerman, then? What's his story? Do not, do not say it. <laughs> Why is his story going, developing? Uh, mate,
2: I don't know. I don't know. We were talking about it last week with what Gloucester have done in terms of the coaches, not the coaches, because some of them are from the UK. So Johan Ackerman and their South African contingent have gone back. So if the season does start or gets back up running and everything that we're seeing,
0: they'll have to be quarantined for two weeks before they can go back. Yeah, they'll have to swim it. Just swim, the, I, mate, swim exactly, from South hey. Africa. Yeah, d- well, the rumours are that he's heading over to Japan um, to go to the Dacomo Red Hurricanes. No way. But yeah, he signed a contract extension in May of last year, I think, end of, back end of last season. Um, so when that runs out, maybe it runs out next year and he's going to go for the following season. So we shall see. But clearly, uh, he's a man in demand. Although Gloucester, we never know whether the season will start again, but they're underachieving. I think they're down in ninth or something at the minute, aren't they? They're flattering to... Deceive a bit this year after some brilliant stuff last year. So I know the Premiership's tight and a couple of wins changes things in that regard, but I can't see him leaving Gloucester. But that is the rumour, and that's what we do here on the rumour mill.
1: Shall we have a look at some social media questions now? Oh, go on. Okay. Will G, who's probably Will Guinea, says Goody is probably one of the greatest English fly halves to have played the modern club game, but only what? 17 England caps. Why? Still a great achievement. Oh, mate, what a question. Will
0: is asking us that. Listen, 17 England caps is probably the equivalent to 132 Scotland caps. So, yeah. Don't bring Scotland to it, mate. In in that respect, uh, listen, you know, I played at a time when Johnny Wilkinson played and I was nowhere near as good as him. There was Charlie Hodgson. There was countless other fly halves. But, hey, I'm very proud of playing for England 17 times. And all I'm going to leave out there is I'm gonna ask Jim a question.
2: No 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 mate, no no,
0: it's the social media questions. You ask me what you asked me you ask me one then I'll ask you one. I'm gonna ask you a question on on this. So Jim, who are two of the best fly halves to have ever played Premiership rugby? Think about the current game and think about someone that's still coaching but has retired to the great and just think I'm talking top shelf fly halves. Yeah 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 I'm gonna go Owen Farrell good mate of mine and Nick Evans. Okay so one of them, yes Nick Evans. Yeah. Uh, and the other one, in my opinion, would be... Owen's still going and he's, he's a quality player, don't get me wrong. But Danny Charlie. Cipri- Danny Danny Cipriani as a 10, people drool over them, don't they? And Nick Evans, when he played, drool over them. Just to let you know, boys, I've got more caps than both of them. So, you know, Sips has got 16 England caps. Nick Evans has got 16 all-black caps. Andy Goode, 17 England caps. So um, who's the winner there, boys? So humble. So my question
2: to you is... <laughs> My question to you is um, so you would have got 130 odd Scotland caps so you're telling me you think you're better than Phil Godman 100%
0: <laughs> Do you agree <laughs> Do you agree James I was better than Phil Godman Yeah but yeah you might be right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good bloke though he's a good bloke he's a
2: good bloke I love Godders I love Godders but I mean yeah not not by much but
1: yeah yeah bless him good bloke though Charlie Hart has tweeted in, Jim, can you give us a real reason why the Lions sent your letter then didn't invite you on tour?
2: Yeah, why, James? Well, 2013, as we know, was the British and Irish Lions tour to Australia. And I was in the form of my life, right? So we've mentioned top 10 second rows, vice captain. I mean, this this year was head down in China. I can't mention China. Um, (laughs) This was head down, right? head down and i was having a blinder 2013 took rory best and the irish line out to the cleaners in a a thriller i think i got about 15 turnovers that game i was primed ready to go i can't think of any of the other games but i got man of the match that game and i remember and graham roundtree who is an avid listener of the podcast and uh, a good friend and a fantastic coach this is how i remember it right i remember him telling me him whispering and saying look mate there's a good chance you go in I'm telling the Kovskins, right, that I'm going on the Lions tour and that I've made it effectively. They've all booked up their flights to, to go via Hong Kong. I think I'm going, right? I think the season's finished. I'm at Gloucester at the time. Paul O'Connell's injured, right? He's injured. He's got a really bad back injury long-term. He's touch and go for the Lions tour. Doesn't look like he's going to make it. Out the middle of nowhere, he rocks up for a semi-final in the, in the European Cup. Takes three line outs on the two-step lob. Stuart Barnes gives him man of the match and next thing he gets fast tracked. So I don't think, even think anything of it. I'm thinking, well, it's it's Paul O'Connell and it's Jim Hamilton in the second row. In 2000. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm thinking. Oh, poor Paul O'Connell. My mates have all booked to go because I've told them that I'm going because Wig, Wig effectively told me that I'm going. And one of the questions was that Graham said, he said, look, are you going to be all right be, being a midweek captain? I'm like, yeah. I was like, I don't want to play a test match. Get me in for midweek smash. I said, and to to lead them troops into wherever they need to be led to, I said, I'm happy. I don't need to go near the test team. I do. I, Alan Wynne-Jones, he can have it. So I've convinced myself that I'm going. Next thing, get a phone call off Wig, and he's like, mate, it's not good news. And I was like, what? Vice captain. He said, no. <laughs> he says, no, mate. He said, uh, liability. Warren Gatlin's words, you're a liability. I said, what do you mean? I said, mate, the Kofskins... I've booked to go to Australia. What do you mean liability? I was like, the most important things happened here. they've booked flights. What do you mean liability? Uh, and he said, uh, "Gat six, you're a penalty machine." And he was tr- he was right, wasn't he? So we took Ian Evans ahead of me, who moaned the house down, apparently, for playing midweek, and um, the rest is history. I played for- I-, I had shoulder surgery. Uh, because I was I was leaving Gloucester to go to Montpellier they delayed the surgery because I thought I was going on the Lions tour got the letter and everything signed it sent it back and um, part of the rules of me leaving Gloucester and going to Montpellier is that the Lions would have paid for my shoulder surgery and I would have went to Montpellier obviously that didn't happen so Montpellier wanted me to have my shoulder done at Gloucester before I went there so I had shoulder surgery and three weeks later, I'm playing for the Barbarians, vice-captain, against England, missed about four tackles, fought, flew to <laughs> Hong Kong, got taken out by Joe Rockagoslo, Casey la 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 Samu Manoa, uh, on the bench because I, I didn't operate well in, in bad conditions <laughs> um, in Hong Kong, praying, praying to the powers that be that the game's getting cancelled. The game's on. The game's on. I get about 15 minutes against the Lions to prove everyone wrong, that I should have been there and no word of a lie I gave away four penalties in that game and I was only on the pitch for 15 minutes I had sunstroke I had sunstroke and the surgeon said to me I shouldn't play for two to three months I'm out there as an absolute warrior with me shoulder like a toothpick and three weeks after surgery but I tell you what it's a hell of a
0: story <laughs> <laughs> oh dear I'd love to see that full letter published Jim uh, it's got my name on. It's got my name on. Well, mate. yeah. Well, you see, I got a letter uh, for the 2005 Lions Tour. Hey, it's not about you. It's not about <laughs> no, you. Know, this is, my, this I is just, my time. I just want to query the letter um, as to what it actually was. And the, it says
2: you're going. It says, Jim, you're in, mate. Congrats.
0: Why, why didn't you post the whole letter then? It's it, private, it, mate. Is it not the letter that... About 4,000 players get that say you're under consideration. You're in a group no, now. mate, yeah. it's a
2: letter that says private and confidential. Please do not share and never <laughs> okay. talk about it. So, <laughs> Okay. We've all had those letters. We've all had those letters, Jim. I was going, mate. So, Wig, you've got a lot to answer for, mate. But, <laughs> mate, the Kovskins had to get back in the factory when they got back. They didn't even see, see their mate play. It had a hell of a time, though.
1: Righto, let's finish things off with the good, the bad and the ugly, which is brought to you by Suns again this week, isn't it, Goody?
0: Uh, Yeah, we're into May now, and that means I've been using suns for three months, which is when people really start to see the results, and uh, Jim, you've clearly been using it as well, haven't you, mate?
2: Yes, Goody, yes, and as we know, the barbers aren't opening until July, so I am hoping that with the lid that I've got at the minute, that the Mohican strip that was slightly thinning is going to come back and sprout into summer, get it, because we're heading into summer, and then if you sprout because that's what happens that things sprout out. Anyway, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Um, I'm hoping. So a big thank you to sons and uh, Goody, I'm going to be a new man when you
1: see me in, I don't know two, three, four next year. Suns is a men's health brand that's helping guys with one of their key health issues that they don't often talk about, how to keep their hair. They do this by offering free online consultations with GPs, providing a range of licensed and medically proven products for preventing and treating hair loss, and delivering via a monthly subscription direct to your door. They get results in 9 out of 10 men too, and you can take the consultation in less than 2 minutes. So just visit suns.co.uk and use the code RugbyPod10 to get your first month for just 10 and show here loss who's boss that's s-o-n-s.co.uk and the code is rugbypod10 go and check them out
0: yeah loads of uh good this week mainly again around fundraising as we keep talking about every week but we're going to start off with some rugby content in the good and we're going to go with the kiwis specifically the kiwi super rugby teams um, that they've announced that they're going to play against one another Uh, starting on june the 13th uh so good news for everyone out in new zealand and australia as well uh they're going to get their competition hopefully uh underway on july the 4th which will involve all the australian provinces or super rugby franchises as they're called alongside the western force who got booted out so great to have them back in the mix Uh, and we will get to watch some rugby hopefully on a tv channel soon what else is good census johnston uh, what an absolute unit he was. We spoke to a massive unit earlier in Namani Nandolo, but Sensus uh, Johnson, uh, he announced his retirement this week on his 38th birthday, uh, and what a career he's had. So a big shout-out to him, uh, a big good for him. But he doesn't win the good, but it, what a fantastically good career that was, eh, Jim?
2: Mate, very good. My abiding memory of him was filling in Bacchus Botha. Um, you bet you can YouTube it. Bacchus, me blow blowbags, mate, all fart, no poo, and Sensus <laughs> has let him have it census has gone uncensored on him see yeah so i put his name so i've embedded his name into the uh the statement uh yeah so have a look at that mate fair play i mean obviously did a lot more than that but that's what i remember him for so you just remember him for a
0: fight then a fighter remembers a fight thank you thank you i like your um, yeah yeah you're a good lad <laughs> yeah so tip of the slipper to Spencer johnson for his career uh what else was good uh we mentioned them before but newcastle university rugby club have raised over four thousand three hundred pounds for the matt hampson foundation by running and cycling a total of three thousand six hundred and six miles as part of the 2.6 challenge so a big shout out to them uh, over in ireland the old belvedere rugby club in dublin or more specifically three of their players which are called Head, Kill and Shino. I mean, can you imagine a night out with those three? Head, Kill, Shino...
2: Matt, I'll go. I, I, Matt,
0: I ain't bothered. If I'm, if I'm allowed out, I'm going with them. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, a big shout out to Head Kill and Shino from Old Belvedere Rugby Club. They've raised £12,000 for St. John of God Carmona services by doing a half marathon in their own garden. So, well done to them. Uh, what else is good? Extra Chiefs. They raised over £13,000 for the NHS in their week long online auction, which took place last week. So, a big shout out to them. But the good this week, uh, we're going back to Ireland. And we're going back to some of our ex-colleagues and teammates, Jim. Everyone who took part in the big rugby run in Ireland uh, are going to win the good this week, as teams ran either a half marathon or a full marathon between them to raise over €25,000 for Feed the Heroes, which is helping to feed the frontline health workers at the moment over in Ireland. The likes of Gordon Darcy, Malcolm O'Kelly, Shane Jennings, uh, and a load of refs like Frank Murphy uh, and John Lacey took part. But the big one for me, Johnny Murphy, a good mate of ours, how old does he look now absolutely hanging bless him. <laughs> he is absolutely hanging now Is johnny murphy he shaved his head as well i told him he should have come to see me but yeah big shout out to johnny murphy especially um because if he can still run then there's hope for us all
2: he did really well with um the ladies um when we were younger at leicester like he was seen as a tenner he was the, the accent we were at leicester no one had heard an irish accent
0: before that's why i think he said he was jordan's brother as well so that got him uh... That's poor, poor thing now, mate. Absolutely hanging. <laughs> there we go. Big shout out to all those guys uh, and everyone who took part in the big rugby run in Ireland. Uh, they get the good this week. Uh, the bad. Well, Jim. Oh, here we go. Here well, we go. Jim. Yeah, there's, there's a theme now. There's a theme now, and we've <laughs> of course left there it, is, mate. We've left it to this one because we don't want to be too negative. We talked a lot of positivity in this podcast this week, but the bad. There's only one place to go for it, and it's Saracens again. Saracens players, Billy Vanapola, Alex Goode, Nick Izzikwi, Sean Maitland, and Josh Ibanoqui. What are you doing, boys? Social distancing was in place. They've all met for a coffee in St. Albans. They just don't care. You're not behaving very well, Saracens, as a club, and then your players do that. It just doesn't look good. So uh, the bad goes to those boys. So now defend them, Jim. Go on, then. Give us some defense.
2: You couldn't write it, could you? Mate, you couldn't write it, but there we go. It weren't me. It weren't me, mate. Hey, it weren't me. Hey. I ain't been for a walk anywhere. Don't look at me
0: like it's my fault. Yeah, but there was you last week trying to get them back in the Prem, so not so much. Uh, So those boys get the bad this week. And then the ugly. Well, Jim, we're going to stick with Saracens for the ugly as well. (laughs) And it's not a laughing matter, really, because uh, there's only one ugly thing that I could find in the game last week. And it turns out that there's another story that's come out over the weekend um a pretty bad story actually former player matt hankin uh is reportedly suing saracens the club doctor at the time and richard barrington the player after he was hit on the head with a fire extinguisher while wearing a metal helmet in a bar in budapest in 2015 part of their famous away trips with the with the squad um he sustained concussion and says he played again too quickly afterwards and never fully recovered uh so we'll see what gets decided in the courts but it's a pretty ugly story for rugby isn't it jim
2: Yeah, it's a messy situation. And uh, Saracens, I think, have got a lot of work to do to get them through the
0: situation they have found themselves in
1: at the minute. Thanks, guys. And you've got a few shout-outs to finish off with, haven't you?
0: Yeah, shout-out to Danny from your son, Lewis. Uh, Danny's a Coventry season ticket holder and he's celebrating his 60th birthday in lockdown. A massive shout-out to Danny, who's turned 60. Uh, Best wishes from us here, mate, and I hope you have a good one.
2: Happy birthday, Danny. Yep, a big shout out to Ollie Scarth, who was just getting into his senior rugby at Morley RFC up in Leeds when he was involved in a horrible crash just before Christmas, and he's been in hospital ever since. He even died, actually, on the table and was brought back. Uh, He hasn't been allowed to see family for the last seven weeks, but he listens to the pod, so we're giving you a massive shout out, Ollie, and keep your spirits up, mate, and hopefully get you down to a live show when we're all back up and running.
0: Yeah, good stuff, Ollie. Keep fighting. I remember, do you ever remember playing against Morley, Jim, uh, for Barker Butts? They were hard as you like as well, weren't they? Anyone up north, mate. I remember Morley
2: and I remember Otley where someone was playing for them our ginger air and tattoos and I'm playing for Nottingham and I'm at the bottom of a rook, probably just counter-rooking and getting a turnover and he has got my head in the puddle and I am drowning. And if I could have screamed freedom, I would have.
0: Freedom! Was that not when you were English though?
2: Yeah, I was, but obviously
0: I've watched Braveheart, so I know that that's what you need to shout. So, yeah, good stuff, So keep your chin up, Polly, uh, and a big shout out to Tommy Maddock Jones as well. Uh, he's ten years old and is cycling seven marathons in seven days to raise money for the Alexander Divine Children's Hospice near Maidenhead, uh, which isn't too far from me. It's looking like it's going to lose around £4 million in donations due to coronavirus, so uh, a massive shout out to Tommy for putting on that challenge and trying to raise as much money as possible. Uh, you can check out his Just Giving page, which is justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Tommy, that's T-O-M-M-Y, Maddock, M-A-D-O-C dash jones uh, if you want to help him out so good stuff by him yeah
2: awesome work tommy 10 years old mate and you're doing that that's class one last shout out from me to joss beharal hopefully i have pronounced that name correctly Anyway, we'll call you Joss. Sounds like a good name anyway. He's a PE teacher at Stu Melville College in Edinburgh. Come on, Scotland. And he's spending 10 days rowing 500 kilometres to raise money to help combat coronavirus. You can check out justgiving.com forward slash crowdfunding forward slash row dash hard dash or dash row dash home. If you can remember all that. So he actually finishes the challenge on Sunday, which is his birthday. So we'll have a Guinness to celebrate that. Big shout out to you, Joss. That is good
1: going. And you're Scottish as well, so you're probably an absolute legend. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Goody. Thanks, Producer Tim. And thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcasts on so you get the pod straight away every week. And if you have time, leave us a nice review on iTunes. Uh, that'd be very much appreciated. And we might even read a couple of the best ones on the show next week.
0: Ruby Pod. In the voice of Bill Beaumont.
1: Yeah, pod, pod, pod.